This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. The other day, Jim Lakely, that's me, was a guest on the Cut Jib Newsletter Podcast, part of the excellent must-read Ace of Spades HQ blog. I was invited on by hosts JJ Sefton and CBD, bloggers at the site, to talk about the folly of electric vehicles. It's a favorite subject of mine and also of another great blogger at Ace of Spades, Buck Throckmorton. I was on for about an hour, but this is the first 20 minutes or so of our conversation. Perhaps we'll post more of this conversation at a later date, but for now, enjoy. JJ Sefton here, along with my good friend, co-blogger and co-host CBD. And today we have a very, very special guest and I'll let the CBD uh, take it away and introduce him. Well, we're quite lucky to have Jim Lakely on. Uh, He's the Vice President and Director of Communications of the Heartland Institute. Um, His expertise is uh, our favorite uh, um, whipping post, which is um, the ridiculous energy policy of the United States and how it has morphed into um, some horrible, horrible uh, political decisions, um, corporate decisions, and uh, it's being thrust upon us with without any interest in the actual um oh boy i mean the science uh, the economics uh, you name it and it has not been looked at correctly anyway uh without further ado here is jim lakely i'm, I'm very happy to be on with you guys a big fan of the podcast and of course uh ace of play ace of spades hq um i i read it every day literally every day i read every post every day and um, as Joe Biden would say, not a joke. If you guys do not cover a story, it's not worth knowing. So I know that all the important stuff that's going on in the world is important. And I only need to know about it because you guys are writing about it. Well, that is, that is a high, high praise indeed. Thank you so much, Jim. We appreciate it. So, uh, just a, a little bit of an anecdote. Um, I was in the mountain West, uh, three, four weeks ago and, I drove about 1,500 miles on uh, on Mountain West roads, uh, interstates and um, and state routes, and I saw a grand total of two Teslas, and one of them was in a uh, rather wealthy town, and it was pulling out of somebody's driveway. So my assumption was that it wasn't going to be used on the highway; it was somebody's second or third or fourth or fifth car. Yeah. But it was fascinating to me that. That with this multi-billion-dollar boondoggle of electric vehicles, nobody's using them on the highways. What a shock! Yeah, there's good reason for that. Uh, it's not a, it, it, even a Tesla is not a very good highway vehicle, to be honest. And it's obvious that's the case. Well, you know, you know uh, luckily we don't have very many highways in the United States, and it's a small yeah. country, so everything will work out fine, right? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a good thing everybody lives right next to Grandma for Thanksgiving, so that you don't have to drive anywhere for anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I live in northern Illinois, uh, in in the northwest suburbs, which um, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, I'm not wealthy, but there's a lot of wealthy people around here, and you see quite a few Teslas, and they are, you know, they're a they're they're a luxury vehicle, of course, and they're and they're somebody's second or third or gosh, maybe even fourth vehicle, <laughs> and it's the one they use to you know zip over to the country club or you know go grocery shopping, but the idea that uh, a Tesla, even if you were able to, um, you know, it's the top of the line, right? It's it it's the longest. It's got the longest range. It's got the most comfort and the best tech. And then, of course, Elon Musk is trying to set up these fast charging places all over the place. You know, I, I travel. I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, and I travel back and forth from Pittsburgh a few times a year. 
And for for years, it's like the idea that you could make a, tr a trip like that in an electric vehicle of any kind, let alone, you know, a luxury Tesla is absurd. It's not practical. It's it's electric vehicles are fine if you are wealthy and have the money to waste on a virtue signaling status symbol of a Tesla. But the idea that somebody out there just cannot wait to get their hands on the 2024 Nissan Leaf because they just love electric vehicles is absurd. And what's great is that uh, Buck Throckmorton over there at uh, at your blog, Ace of Spades HQ, he covers electric vehicles and the, and the industry and the uh, the way it's collapsing and how it's not practical quite regularly. And it's always a lot of, it's always fun to read it. In fact, that's how, again, I keep up with really the, uh, the failures of the electrical vehicle market is by reading uh, Buck and you guys. But Ford just announced that they are no longer going to be shipping any more F F-150 Lightnings to dealers because they're all stocked up and they can't even sell the ones they have on their lots. So they're going to put a new, they're going to keep their 2023s and they're going to put a, a 2024 plate on it and say, this is this is the new F-150 Lightning when it's actually just the old one that they have to keep in storage because nobody is buying them. It's 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 a market that doesn't actually exist if not for government. And it's not it's not it's bad enough that government um, government subsidies is propping up the entire industry, including, of course, uh, Tesla and Elon Musk. But you add to that government mandating the 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 construction and the, and the manufacture of electric vehicles by, of course, out, outlawing what people call I they call them ice vehicles now, internal combustion engine. I I I don't like to use that term. I like to call them cars, regular cars, you know, so don't make me change the terminology for the car that we've known our entire lives. And we've known for generations by calling it an ice. But the um, when the government is is like California, I think what is it 2030, they will no longer allow new cars that are not electric to be sold in that state. That that's absurd. But all of these companies, all the big three, I guess, have, have bought all in on it because they're getting subsidies, because the governments are mandating it. And they're finding out, frankly, faster than I would have imagined that this is a bad deal, and they are they are in big big trouble. And I couldn't uh, I couldn't think of companies that deserve ruination more. You know, Jim, I got to say, you know, I, I personally kind of like that they call them ice vehicles because that means that all the illegal aliens are going to be scared shitless of buying one. And they're going to go heading back to south of the border. So keep calling them ice vehicles, baby. That's yeah, ice, ice, baby. We, we love that. But, I had not but, thought but, of that. Good point. But in all, in all seriousness, really, it's beyond the, the, the madness in their method and the ideologically driven uh, idiocy or the idiotic ideology, either way you want to slice it. There is an insidious, the, the insidious, um, uh, shall we say, reasoning behind all this, and it has nothing to do with the environment, and it has everything to do with control. Uh, mm -hmm. And part of that is destroying the middle class, because yeah. uh, like health insurance now, a friend of mine was bemoaning this. They make these these crazy, uh, you know, now that they've taken over Obamacare, over Obamacare taking over the insurance industry. They make it almost impossible for you to really afford a, your own private insurance, and they want to get you into the into the government program. And of course, the government program is a complete failure. And the yeah. same thing with these electric vehicles. Electric vehicles are not practical vehicles for, you know, for long distance everyday uh, use uh, by the average citizen. And the average citizen can't even afford the damn things without a government subsidy. Right. Um, I believe there was there was a, an article earlier that the 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 founder or the CEO now of, of Toyota, Akio yep. Toyota, 
basically came out and said electric vehicles are a joke. And of course, he's been he's being silenced by his own by his own company now. And it said this guy was one of the you know one of the the founding fathers, if you will, of the of the automobile. And, and in this country, Toyota became a wildly successful and wonderful and reliable brand of automobile. So there's an insidious thing behind this, which has part and parcel of um, you know just destroying the American way of life and making people. Uh, not mobile and thereby more dependent and more vulnerable to government control. Yeah. I mean, in fact, it's funny you bring up the Toyota thing, um, you know, Akio Toyota. So yeah, he's pretty big in the company or used to be the former CEO. And he, mm-hmm. he was uh, pretty much forced out of his position because he wasn't getting on the, um, you know, the BS EV train. And he tried to warn the industry that this is not, not sustainable <laughs> to, use, to, to use a term the, the uh, environmental left likes that it's not, it's not going to work. And in fact, his quote today was people are finally seeing reality. Like I said, it, it's happening faster than I, than I would have thought. I thought we would have gotten a few years down the line before the auto companies would have discovered that, you know, switching to primarily, if not entirely free, uh, manufacturing electric vehicles was a bad deal because people don't want them. And, and JJ, you know, you you hit on something very important. The, the, the people, the, the systems, the people in power and influence that are, that have been pushing electric cars, they're all part of the climate cult. And the point is not to save the environment, obviously, because it's not going to have any real effect on the environment. In fact, the manufacturer of an electric vehicle, um, when you, when you consider the slave labor in, um, mainly in Africa to mine the cobalt children mining the the materials that are necessary to to build uh you know to put the uh the battery in something like a tesla or a nissan leaf or a f-150 lightning it's it's morally terrible but the point is and they don't care about that because that's the price they're willing to pay not to save the environment but to take away your freedom the the american ideal i mean america is a car culture i mean especially if you ever lived or um, I'm sure you have lots of listeners and readers in California. I mean, oh yeah, you know, the California car culture. I mean, the the movie American Graffiti by by George Lucas was just a celebration of the classic American car culture. You know, as 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 um, you know, as noted, America is a big country. People need reliable, affordable transportation, not just to get to the store and back, but to live in the suburbs comfortably or just practically to live in the suburbs. You need a, you need a reliable and affordable vehicle. But again, if you if I when I want to drive back to Pittsburgh to see my family for Thanksgiving or Christmas or or other special occasions, I can't get if I had an electric vehicle, I have to plan two days to get there just to make sure I can get there on time. That's absurd. Even in the best scenario, if I was forced to only have an electric car and I was to drive the seven hours from from the Chicagoland area to Pittsburgh, gosh, I hope there's a there's a uh, there's a charging station somewhere on the way where before I run out of power and I hope the line for it isn't too long and I hope it isn't broken. You know, it's, it's, and I hope that, and the charger actually fits my particular vehicle as well. A couple of years ago I was driving um, and uh, I have other family that live in the Philadelphia area. So I actually do a lot of driving from the Midwest back East. And we were up on this mountain. We were going across interstate 80 um, across Northern Pennsylvania or central Pennsylvania. And we were coming over this mountain and there was, and we stopped to get some coffee and, uh, and then continue on our way. And there were people, this was two years ago, people lined up waiting to charge their cars. And I thought, man, you poor bastards, you're never getting home. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, absolutely. I'm going to get home, but you're not, you know, I feel bad for you. 
and people are being sold a bill of goods. And it's, it's absurd that we, that we keep pretending that this is, this is actually going to work. It's not. And again, the point isn't for it to work. The point is to make it so that you can't afford to have a vehicle that works for you so that your freedom is reduced so that you will um, live in the way that our betters think you should. Before we get to the rest of this podcast, I wanted to let you know about two fantastic live podcasts Heartland produces every week. We'd love for you to join us every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, live for our flagship In the Tank podcast. You can watch on the Stopping Socialism TV channel on YouTube, where you can participate in the show in the chat with other fans and also ask questions that we'll address on the air and put up on the screen. And every Friday, also at 1 p.m. Eastern and noon Central time, you can go to Heartland's main YouTube channel. Just search for the Heartland Institute on YouTube for Climate Change Roundtable. Heartland's climate team of Anthony Watts, Sterling Burnett, and Linnea Lucan cover the crazy climate news of the week, debunk mainstream media myths about the so-called climate crisis, dig into energy policy, and much more. The show also often features guests that include some of the leading climate scientists and energy policy experts anywhere in the world. There is no show like it anywhere. So become regular live viewers of both of these programs if you are interested in smart, lively, fun, and interactive conversations. We hope to see you there every Thursday and Friday afternoons at 1 p.m. Eastern and noon Central at the Stopping Socialism TV channel and the Heartland Institute channel on YouTube. Oh yeah, we're also on Rumble. See you there. That's absolutely correct. Um, I'm sorry I, I was interrupting you. I, no, no. you I'm, I'm livid with rage right now. Um, 100% <laughs> correct. You know, the Industrial Revolution um, did many, many things for Western society, um, in particular the United States, and that is it created something called leisure time. Um, before the <laughs> Industrial Revolution, we, you know, people worked six and a half or seven days a week uh, just to subs- just to subsist, to, just to live. They had to to spend most of their waking hours on productive labor. The Industrial Revolution changed that, and yeah. in the United States, most of all, we have the the leisure to spend vacation time, leisure time, just bopping around in your 57 Chevy. Mm. And that is what is going to change if if these these climate uh, luna, lunatics get their way. What they will do is, first of all, they'll increase the cost of the of the of the typical car. They will just hugely in- increase the time spent going from point A to point B, which will cut into people's leisure time. So what we're doing is absolutely retrograde we are we are we were moving backwards to before the time of the industrial revolution and it's simply insanity and it, it's so frustrating because the united states has has created this wonderful culture that you know you work hard you play hard um and on you know saturday afternoons you you sit in your driveway with with a couple of beers and you work on your car with your buddies and then the next weekend you're off to wherever and it might be 500 miles away and that's that was entirely possible but mm-hmm. with the advent of the of the, uh, what what does Buck Throckmorton from Ace of Spades call it? Um, yeah, the um, the sustainable organic church of the carbon apocalypse. Yeah. We can no longer do that because we no longer have the leisure time to to spend, and we no longer have the the excess income because it will be spent on these ridiculously expensive cars. And by the way, let's face it: charging uh, an electric car costs money. Yep. It's cute to pr- pretend that all this is free, but it isn't free. It's being paid for by your employer if you've got one in the in the in your uh, building's garage. 
But, you know, driving down the interstate and pulling over and, and charging for 45 minutes or an hour, an hour and a half or two hours if you have to wait in line, but that nightmare. costs money. You put your credit card in the machine if it's working, as Jim yeah. pointed out, and you wait and you pay. So, that, you know, there's no free lunch. The law of, law of thermodynamics, you can't change it. It's just the way it is. Yeah, well, you, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Jim. You know, you, you touched upon something. Uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, the the inability to move around and the inability to you know, the lack of freedom. Um, this is this is why the the insanity and the stupidity of the ideology of of, of the junta and of these and of Marxists and Leninists that control our government now yeah. is at on the one hand they are trying to force people to live in the cities, and on the other hand. You know, and not have cars and be, you know, oh, bicycles or whatever the heck we're gonna we're gonna commute, you know, commute on rickshaws. Who the hell knows what? Um, of course, white people will be pulling black people in the rickshaws because of racism. Um, but the, the other thing, on the other hand, they're driving people out of the cities by decriminalizing crime. So what the hell do you have? I mean, it's like a, you know, the the self licking ice cream cone that's that's licking itself to death, or the the food bird that's shoving its head up its ass. So you want people in the cities, but at the same token, they're in the cities and they're and, and they're being killed off by criminals. It's absolutely just just utterly madness. And this this nonsense of just literally outlawing the internal combustion engine and the automobile that is driven by an internal combustion engine and mandating to have uh, electric vehicles, which are completely unproven, unreliable, and with the exploding batteries, completely dangerous, not to mention the fact that some of the lithium and the other components are manufactured in countries that are no longer friendly to us, i.e. China. Um, and, you know, it's it's like a Soviet five-year plan. You're just going to decree that this is going to happen, regardless of the fact that it can't happen. And I find it uh, encouraging, as you point out, Jim, that people ain't buying this, you know, ain't going to go for this. But the fact of the matter is the government has the gun at our proverbial head and maybe a literally or figurative gun. I don't know, but you know, something can't, something ain't going to work at some point. Yeah. You know, JJ, you know, if, if I wasn't so, um, so cynical, I would think, I would think that you're trying to make the point that our ruling class does not really care about us and the ordinary people. When, <laughs> when John Kerry gets into a motorcade after he flies on his private jet to Davos or to Iceland, or yeah, he, I think he, he picked up some kind of Arctic Circle Climate Award in Iceland the other day. I mean, geez, these people talk about self-licking ice cream coats in a circle, <laughs> you know, all these guys. But he, when he gets in his motorcade, that's not an electric vehicle. And of course, it's obviously not an electric plane. And these people, uh, Barack Obama doesn't live. Uh, I mean, I suppose he has a house in a very wealthy neighborhood, Hyde Park in Chicago, but he's never there. He lives you know, in an estate on Martha's Vineyard. And then, you know, maybe, I don't know where he winters, probably back in Hawaii, but he's not living in the cities that his policies and, and those like him have turned into um, crime riddled hell holes that are unlivable. They don't live the miserable life that they are inflicting on the rest of us. They live very different lives and they will live very different lives. They will drive the cars that they want. They will travel to the places that they want to go. They will not live in the places that have turned unlivable and, and frankly dangerous, cities like Baltimore and Chicago and New York, but we will. And so if you're into pointing out hypocrisy, they don't care about it, but if you're into pointing out the hypocrisy of these people, none of them live remotely in the way that they're trying to force everybody else to live. And again, it's not about saving the environment. The I think it would take something like 500,000 pounds of earth to be dug up to um, to create one battery for a um, not even the big batteries, but like just basically for like the smallest electric vehicle you could have. 
it they are very environmentally destructive to create um uh you know the batteries for these electric vehicles and uh, as you pointed out jj they they these things are enormous fire hazards are you going to put a um are you going to charge overnight your your car that you need to get to work the next day are you going to sleep well at night knowing that uh, you and your children could could burn in a fire that would take three million gallons of water and six hours to put out if you were lucky enough to get out of your house alive would you would you feel comfortable knowing that that's basically a ticking time bomb that it really is only a matter of time until that battery just spont you know, spontaneously combusts and uh, burns down your house and if you live in a townhome the house next to it as well maybe three others on your block what if you're in an apartment building in the city of Chicago where that has a underground garage or a garage that's in the first five floors of the building. And that, and that, and that uh, garage is filled with a hundred electric vehicles. It is simply a matter of time until one of those just spontaneously combusts. And that could kill hundreds of people in that building as they have a hard time getting out of that place. If, if electric vehicles were not mandated by government, it would be justified for government to ban them. I mean, I'm not big on banning stuff, but if, if you think about it, if it wasn't for the mandates that the government is demanding that we all get these things, there is no way that a safety record that, that electric vehicles have would be sufficient to, um, to make it common. And so we're being, um, we're being brainwashed into believing that electric cars are the future. They're not even the present, and they're dangerous in the present. But you can expand that uh, to, to the concept of net zero. It's not just electric cars that they're pushing on us. They're they're trying to ban gas appliances. Oh, they're trying geez. to push. They're they're trying to to push uh, big buildings. Well, I know that in New York City, at, well, I don't know, but I'm I'm reasonably confident that New York City, you can't build a new building that is heated with petroleum. Right. So That's true. what they're doing yeah. is is they're shifting to a, a, an extraordinarily expensive uh, technology to heat buildings, and they're so they're they, well. JJ, you just talked about this. They're pushing us out of the cities while making the while pushing us back in. I mean, it, this is an this is a a, a circle of, of illogic that they they seem to think is is going to work, and it simply will not work. <laughs>